0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam Chop, and today with me is the one and only Marco Sanchez with Clubhouse in North Anover, Massachusetts. Marco, how's it going, man? Going great, Adam. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's a pleasure. Uh, Super excited to dive in and learn about your facility and all the good things that you're doing over in Massachusetts. So I'm going to go ahead and open it up to you. Go ahead and give the listeners uh, a quick context of who you are, what your background is, how you got into this, and how your business developed.
2: Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, so, like you said, my name is Marco Sanchez. I'm 35 years old and I live in North Andover, Massachusetts, where my gym is. Um, I was an exercise science student at Merrimack College and then uh, at the University of Massachusetts at Boston. In 2009, I did an internship at Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning, a world-renowned facility here in Woburn, Massachusetts, And at the end of that internship, I actually ended up getting hired and staying on staff there for about a decade. So I worked for Mike Boyle from 2009 to 2019. Uh, During my time there, I took a one-year hiatus as the assistant strength and conditioning coach for the San Jose Sharks. So I've also worked in the professional team setting. Um, And I also co-developed a licensed massage therapy clinic inside Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning called Movement as Medicine. Uh, so, I am a licensed manual therapist here in the state of Massachusetts. So, I do wear a lot of hats during the day, along with, you know, owning a business and coaching and training people. I also see people in a pre and post operative rehab setting. Um, you know, I see people for injury and, and movement restriction and movement inhibition. Uh, what else have I done? I've done a lot of things. I've been very fortunate to have a lot of experiences. Uh, co-developed the Certified Functional Strength Coach with Kevin Carr and Brendan Rerick in 2014. Uh, we kind of traveled the world for the next five years certifying coaches in our program. I was able to go to over 20 countries in just five years and pretty sure the certification now hosts over 10,000 coaches have completed the certification course. So I've been very fortunate to travel the world uh, teaching what I love and what I'm passionate about. Um, And that kind of led me to my departure from Mike Boyles in 2019, where I then was the uh, Northeast uh, Educator and Director of Education for Equinox. So I worked for Equinox Sports Club uh, in downtown Boston, and I ran education and management for a team of 55 personal trainers through the Boston area. And then I opened my own facility that led me to 2021, 2020, excuse me. Um, When we were six months into COVID, I decided it was a good idea to capitalize on COVID leasing opportunities. Uh, Fortunately, I'd always worked in this area, so I had a pretty good pre-existing clientele. So I had a lot of people that I knew would be showing up as soon as I had the doors open. So we opened Clubhouse here in North Andover in August of 2020 and so we just kind of crossed over the two-year mark approaching two and a half years and things have been great we've been buzzing we have a great little community and uh i'm really happy i couldn't be happier
1: man no you, you definitely are a veteran you weren't lying <laughs>
2: yes been fortunate <laughs> to uh learn from a lot of people in this industry a lot smarter than i am so well
1: you're doing something right um uh, <clears throat> no that's so cool that's a. Uh... Jack of all trades and a, a, a very uh, long depth chart of uh, experiences and things that you've done. And, you know, the, the coaching certification, that's that's huge. 20 countries in five years.
2: Yeah, that was really exciting time for us. Um, we kind of started this thing in the fall of 2014. And we ran the first certification course at Mike Boyle Strength Conditioning in Massachusetts. And we had about 60 coaches sign up for the first one. And we didn't really know what was going to happen or what was going to, you know, how it would develop. And then before you knew it, it was like, hey, can you come to, you know, the beginning was tough. It was like, can you come to Winder, Georgia and Columbia, Maryland, places that I was like, I didn't even know this place existed. And then before you knew it, it was, you know, it was Munich. It was South Korea. It was Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Kuwait City. Um, You know, we were we were in Brazil. We've done a lot of work in Uh, Italy and and London. And so we've been very, very fortunate. Um, Like I said, made relationships with really good coaches all around the world and had some amazing, amazing experiences off the back of the certified functional strength coach.
1: Nice. Uh, I want to dive into that just a a quick tidbit before we uh, spear into the next kind of segment. But in your years of traveling and everything in the different countries, kind of two parts to the question. What was your favorite place to visit? And yeah. your experience with all of the different coaches, you know, what was the biggest thing that stood out to you, you know, during your traveling time as far as like the coaches you met, the people you trained, things like that?
2: Yeah, sure. Um gosh, it's hard. I've been asked this question a lot. And I always I kind of have to give three. It always it, it's a real toss-up between these three. I taught um several times in Florence, Italy, which was you know, uh, incredible. Uh, and Croatia, um, wow. Dubai is, is fantastic. But then I, I still kind of have to go back to my favorite was the first time we went to Rio de Janeiro. And it was very shortly after the uh, Olympic Games. And so Rio was still very decorated with all the Olympic, uh, you know, the flags and the streets were painted and the football stadiums or soccer stadiums were still intact. And so that was really, really special. Um, so I, I might have to say Rio. And to answer your second point, or excuse me, to answer your second question, um, you know, I think that uh, a lot of the same things that we see here in the United States kind of exist, um, you know, in, in, in gym settings overseas, you know, you have a lot of these big, you know, box gyms that operate certain ways. And then you have a lot of smaller, more boutique um coaching gyms that operate in a different way. And I and I think that um, you know, we see a lot of the same um the same issues and the same trends. And and I think one thing that I really noticed is that coaching is always is it, at a premium wherever you go and is always going to be in high demand. And that just like here in the United States, it doesn't matter where you go, you will meet coaches who care so much about the product they deliver that they're willing to sacrifice, you know, time and money, uh, you know, for their continuing education so that they can deliver the best product because they're so passionate about what they do and what they deliver to people every day. And that was kind of always the way I would jumpstart all my certification courses. You know, I would make an announcement. First thing I was like, Hey, thank you guys for caring enough about the product that you deliver to your, to your members and to your clients that you're sacrificing time and money like on a long weekend to be away from your family and to come here and get better. Right. And so I think that like, it didn't, there, it didn't really matter where I was in the world. You met people with the same passion and drive and desire to be like, Hey, I want to deliver the best version of myself that I can to the people that I care about.
1: No, that's great. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I'm always curious. Cause I don't travel, you know, I travel States, but I don't travel, you know, per se, countries. <laughs> You know, to see like what we're doing, and you know, people how people view us, and then you know, when we go to different countries, it's like, is there the correlation? You know, I think, I think, yeah. if we were to talk diet and nutrition, there would probably be quite a few differences in like certain countries versus like, you know, we'll, we'll say quote unquote the American diet, but right, different conversation, different. You know, can talk about that, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it's good to know that there's a lot of this, you know, similarities across the uh, the different countries and stuff. So cool, and kudos to Croatia. I'm part Croatian, although I probably don't look like it. But uh, <laughs> so, anywho, uh, I heard I, it's better, so.
2: I was there for the World Cup. Actually, it was amazing. Like the streets were flooded. It was bananas. You know, unfortunately, it didn't go their way, but it was yeah. uh, it was it was still a party.
1: Yeah, there's just something about soccer or football that you know, it's just like, it's, it's almost bigger than like watching American football because it's oh, yeah. nationwide. Yeah, it's, it's great. Um, cool, man. Well, let's dive into clubhouse, you know, so kind sure. of, you know, what exactly it is that your facility officer, you know, excuse me, your facility offers, you know, if somebody were to come to you and say, I need help, you know, who would that look like? What would you do? How would you assess them and kind of walk us through like the steps from them walking in your facility?
2: Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I, I think I uh, start by saying the more things you give away, the more you tend to get back, like in the long term. Like I've, I've learned that that's a very cyclical pattern. So, everybody has the opportunity to come and try a class for free, right? So, we have group classes, we have sem- semi private, and we have personal training. And every single person has the option to do a group class for free. Um, I do not offer a free introductory personal training session. But I always tell people, if you take a class and you enjoy it and you sign up, I will then give you a free one-on-one session so that I can do a thorough movement screen. I can do an evaluation, whether it be an FMS or an SFMA. We can troubleshoot restrictions that you may have or problems that you may have. Um, Because one of the things that I think separates us from a lot of other existing facilities is that... We are a coach-led gym, and you are essentially getting the quality program design of personal training in a group setting. Um, you know, one of the skills that I took away from, you know, Mike Boyle strength conditioning after being there for a decade and then teaching the systems around the world is that having a system of what I refer to as progressions and regressions. Other people might use different terminology, which is fine. Um, But if you're going to coach and you want to scale coaching in person in a group setting, having a system of progressions and regressions, now it doesn't have to be mine, any system that you believe in that you also set standards that your staff adheres to will lead to effective group coaching. So that if you have a group of eight people and the exercise is to do goblet squats, but you know, you have one person who has a knee injury and another person who has low back injury. So maybe you don't favor bilateral movement for that individual. You and your entire team are on the same page of how you modify and adjust for that person. And I think when you go to a lot of traditional fitness models, that doesn't exist, right? There's less of that going on. There's less coaches walking around and saying, I don't really like the way that squat looks. So I'm going to throw this adjustment modification or regression at you. Um, it tends to just be more of like the coach does a demonstration or the exercises are written on the board. And this is what you do. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're male or female. It doesn't matter if you're new or old. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, how much you weigh. But these, are, this is the amount of weight that a man is supposed to do. And this is the amount of weight that a woman is supposed to do. And I just don't think that those models are very inviting. Uh, They're not. And they're also, um, you know, it can be a really good way to turn somebody off from the idea of a fitness experience if they don't feel confident, if they don't feel like they're being treated as an individual and they feel like they're being treated just as like another member of the group. So I feel like that's the thing that has really led us to having a lot of success in our group model. Uh, We offer classes all morning. We have a lunchtime class and then we have some afternoon and evening classes. I am often doing personal training or doing one-on-one manual therapy. I have some coaches who will run groups simultaneously. Um, We also cater to a lot of athletes. I have some professional athletes that come home during their off-season, and I have a lot of collegiate athletes that do a summer program, and we cater to a lot of middle school and high school athletes who are coming in after school during the school year, and they're also part of the uh, summertime program as well. So we, we do a lot. We have, you know, a handful of coaches and we have a lot of different offerings. And um, we, I I mean, I love it. It's, it's exactly, it it operates exactly how I envisioned. Uh, Like any business, there are hiccups and fires that need to be put out from time to time. Um, But, you know, we, we roll with it and and we do the best we can every day to deliver a high quality coaching product.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Especially, you know, the collegiate professional athletes, you know, it's always good to you know, have those just because it will show credibility and, you know, uh, a bigger value that, you know, you're you're not just gen pop, like you have all these different types of people that are coming into the facility that, you know, they trust and know that works. And like you said, it sounds like there's a very scientific approach, you know, I'm familiar with FMS myself and, you know, the screenings and stuff like that. It's like, you know, you're able to actually like scientifically tell me like, listen, you know, you need to regress to this, get your flexibility up, do this, do this, you know, gain some, you know, uh, strengthening and whatever muscular tissue it might be. And then it's like, okay, now we can progress to, you know, the barbell and then maybe like weights and, you know, whatever that might look like or whatever, you know, progressions or that people use. It's like you are providing that knowledge and that's going to stick with people and that's going to make them appreciate, you know, where they're at and why they're not where they want to be.
2: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things, like you said, that that comes with the evaluation process and that people don't often think about until you put this idea in their head is as they're, you know, somebody is paying you to trust you to manage their health and fitness journey, they should feel safe. Right. And so the terminology or the language that I often use, like, you know, I'll have people be like, oh, well, I really want to do this exercise. I'm like, well, you don't have the prerequisite shoulder mobility for that exercise yet. And we're gonna troubleshoot with these different strategies to try to get you that shoulder mobility. But in the meantime, it's my job as your coach to protect you from, let's say, overhead pressing or chin-ups because you don't have full flexion yet. And when you do, I'm more than happy to prescribe this for you. So when you when you tell people things like that and you make them feel like, hey, I'm not taking this exercise away from you because you're not good enough, you're not fit enough, right? I'm, I'm taking it away temporarily because I want to protect you from a potential injury or potential harm because that's my job as your coach, right? I always tell people, like, if you get injured in my gym because I made a poor decision about exercise or about load or about intensity or about volume, like, you should fire me, right? Like, if I tell you to jump on this box that you, are, that you shouldn't be able to jump on, right, that you know you're not able to jump on and you get injured, that's my fault right? Obviously, if little tweaks happen here or there that were not problematic uh, of the coaching, that's different. But if I make a shitty decision, excuse me for cursing, if I make a bad coaching decision in the weight room, and it results in injury for you, like you should fire me the same way. If you went to your doctor, and they prescribed you the wrong prescription for some ailment that you were dealing with, that's kind of a fireable offense as well, right? I think that we need to start to think and act more like health professionals and kind of less about like rah, rah, shirts off, Instagram photo, fitness professionals, um, you know, fit, fit pros. And I think that people will probably hold personal training and coaching in a, in a higher regard. And uh, I I think that, you know, all in all people will see it as a higher value.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, it's like, everybody wants to be Insta famous or, you know, you said, the, the edited pick that, you know, nobody realizes how edited it truly is. It just looks so aesthetically pleasing or it's like, Oh, I'm really just sitting in my apartment with a backdrop right now doing this. And I'm not actually doing stuff in the gym. So it's like, there's many misconceptions. And again, that's probably a a very large topic that could always be discussed, but yeah, the, the science and the credibility, I was having this conversation with another gym owner uh, on a previous episode that was like healthcare professionals and fitness professionals should work Side to side, there shouldn't be like a hierarchy of like they're the doctor, they have the PhD, yada yada yada, and we have the bachelor's degree, we're less than they are. It should be more like, where are you in your journey? Are you to the point where you need to see a specialist? That's like, hey, you have high blood pressure, you need to do this. I have a person that can help you manage this, right? Or it's like, you know, if you if you really think about in a perfect cohesive world, which we all strive to have that, but you know, as fitness professionals, we can recommend, hey, look, you know. You're not doing too hot. You know, these are the things that I'm noticing. I think it would be best to visit, you know, a specialist or doctor to, you know, address these concerns. And then vice versa. Like I said, this doctor's like, well, listen, you know, you're, you know, according to the scale, you're X amount overweight. You know, you have type one diabetes, you know, all these things. It's like fitness and exercise and diet and exercise is, you know, a big thing that I need to prescribe to you. Let me prescribe this person that I know is going to take care of you. And it's like, now you're working in unison, but you know, sometimes it doesn't always work that way. There's, you know, pharmacies and pills and a whole other, you know, thing that's going on versus like simple medicine could be yeah. a very benefit to whoever, you know, is qualified or whoever needs it. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Cool, man. Well, let's uh, talk to me about, you know, the size of your facility. How big is it? How many members, how many reoccurring members? I know you said that you have like seasonal, like people come and go. Yeah. And what would be like the, the bulk, you know, like I have 400 people that always are here year round or, you know, whatever the number. Yeah. Is. yeah.
2: So, um, we're at about 3,200 square feet. It's a brand new facility that was, um, you know, built out brand new construction during, during COVID and, um, completely outfitted with brand new equipment from perform better. Uh, I always got to plug them because they're my, they're my fitness provider and my education company that I teach for, um, you know, brand new, we have 25, no, we have 30 yards of turf, um, you know, Kaiser machines, power racks, kettlebells, dumbbells. Uh, I had an entire drywall ripped out and concrete smoothed up for throwing medicine balls. Um, it's very black in there. Like we have white walls and black rubber and black turf and, and black weights and black bumper plates. Like I tried to make it all as much black and white as possible. I kind of like that look, yeah. um, You know, we have a ton of assault bikes and ski ergs and uh, assault air runner treadmills. Um, So, you know, we all the bells and whistles. I kind of put it all all together. And um, like I said, brand new, very clean and and we love it. So uh, I would say, you know, between the athletes and the general population and the adult clients and, you know, personal training clients and even like my therapy clients, we're probably somewhere, you know, just a breaching about 200 members. Um, you know, in, in two and a half years, which uh, which I'm very proud of considering also global pandemic like, you know, we had a lot of people in the beginning who um, would reach out and be like, uh, you know, I, I'd love to come in and see it, but mm, I'm going to wait a few more months or, you know, and then we had a lot of other people who are like, you know, couldn't wait to come in. they were like, oh, my gosh, you're open. Like, I'm, I'll be right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's been a it's been a very steady increase month over month for the last two and a half years. Um, we're a rather high ticket facility uh, because we provide a, a high ticket product. In my opinion, um, you know, we're, we're more expensive than the gyms that are around us for a reason, in my opinion. And it's because we we're, we do a better job of coaching and designing programming and, and, um, and giving individualized attention in group settings. So. I would say probably, yeah, somewhere around 200, maybe a little bit over when everything is rocking and rolling in the summertime, especially. And we have a big outdoor turf space with a medicine ball wall out there as well. So kind of in the back of a building where we get to utilize the parking lot and the outdoor turf space, which is 40 yards. Um, We get to overflow there in the summer, which can be a lot when the general population clients and the athletes are around each other at the same time. So I kind of just wake up every morning and pray that it doesn't rain. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta gotta love the uh, the weather and the ailments that uh, come along with it. Yes. Um, so, w- with your number, you know the the two hundred members, and you know considering two years being into business, you know with all of your experience and everything, you know what is that like a you know what's like a target number that you're shooting for?
2: So we're actually kind of like approaching capacity in terms of the space we have, the coaches I have and, and the available schedule. Um, So the fact that we're approaching capacity, like I feel very good about the monthly revenue, like where we are every month. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, You know, it gives me more than enough to cover all the overhead expenses, including payroll. Um, And so, you know, we're buzzing. Um, So I, the next step for me is, you know, and I have, I have some partners that co-own this business with me. The next step for us, which we've been in discussion about from the very beginning, is do we um, do we expand the current facility we have, and do we find a you know a bigger location within you know a one mile radius of where we are currently, or is the next play to you know try to open a second or third location and spread out a little bit, right? Because this was kind of my test kitchen to be like, hey, can I build a system that's repeatable? Um, you know, like you mentioned, you know, your experiences in Orange Theory and, you know, Barry's Boot Camp and places that run in in similar settings, right? Can I develop a system that is teachable, uh, repeatable, and sustainable? And then can I divide that into multiple locations? Can I plug coaches into different places and educate them about the way I want things to operate? And can we repeat these systems uh, in in multiple locations? I always kind of call it like the Starbucks effect, right? Like if you order a grande latte in Michigan or Florida or Southern California, like you're getting a grande latte. Um, and so if you want to expand your facility, uh, and you, you know, work in mostly group settings if group setting is kind of your bread and butter. Then I think that that is essential to your success as opposed to kind of giving each location, you know, free reigns to be like, Hey, you know, do the program design and, you know, it's got to come from above and it's got to be dispersed out into into everywhere and it's got to be consistent.
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. You know, it's a, if you're able to dominate and replicate, you know, successfully, then it's like, OK, building one, building six or, you know, whatever the case yeah. might be. Um, yeah. w- um, for, from where you started to where you are now, what you know, hiccups, you know, you mentioned, you know, every business has their hiccups and flare ups and things like that. Kind of yeah. maybe a couple hiccups that you incurred over the two years um, and how did you handle those? Yeah,
2: sure. I think, um,
1: you know, the
2: response is probably more like the reaction is probably more valuable than the actual hiccup. Um, and I think that what, I, I guess sort of the best thing that I could advise people on with this is like, If you're starting a gym or even like a business, like let's say you're like a remote coach or whatever, and you're establishing systems, you're probably going to realize more and more as you scale more or have more demand or have more clientele that those systems are probably going to need adaptations, right? And I think that's the biggest thing. Like I went into it in August of 2020 with a plan, but by January, I was like, oh, we got a lot more people in here than I anticipated, so we got to modify and adapt the systems And then we might have had that same thing happen in July and then again the following December. You know, and so I think that's probably one of the first pieces of advice that I would give, you know, facility owners who are newer or coaches who are younger and just starting out is like, you have to always assume that you might have to adapt the system that you, you know, I went into it with an idea, but that idea might have to change. Night. Um, and sometimes the, that idea involves or revolves around not just coaching but also like economics like how you how you manage the economics of your facility what your overhead distribution looks like like what do you spend your money on? Well, like, you know, in the beginning I had a less expensive gym management software. And then as we scaled and got busier and had more revenue and I needed more capacity, I was like, okay, cool. We're in a, we're in a position to advance this and upgrade this. Right. Um, but I think like, you know, and I think one of the other biggest things is like that you can do. And I always tell people this, and it's not really a hiccup, but it's, um, it's the best marketing tool that you can do, I think, is to create merchandise or have merchandise available to your clients, whether you give it away to them for free as part of their sign up or you make it and you sell it to them. But like to have your clients out in your community, wearing your gear, getting people asking questions, especially like with a name like Clubhouse. I've had so many people tell me like, oh, you know, I was just walking down the street and somebody's like, hey, what's what's Clubhouse? Like, how do I get in there? What's what's that all about? Right. Um, and so for me, one of the hiccups was not developing merchandise soon enough. And as soon as I like, I'm so focused on coaching and the business and the equipment and the gym itself, the day to day. And as soon as I develop merchandise, it's like, oh, there's a lot more people coming in here. And, you know, the margins aren't great, but you have another small stream of income or another small stream of revenue. Um, and then lastly, I would always say too, like I tell people all the time, like find interns like there are people who want to be who want to intern. They want to learn from you. They want to have a free membership. They want to spend time in a gym. They're passionate about coaching and training. Um, and so if you can get interns and people who are willing to help you in exchange for experience and knowledge, as opposed to exchange from your payroll budget, uh, then that can be really beneficial to a startup or, you know, a, a gym that's just getting off the ground.
1: Yeah, I uh, can speak to that. You know, when I was doing uh, my undergrad program stuff, you know, I had to intern and I had to do all these hours and stuff. And it's like, you can go to, you know, any place that does that or, you know, some, in some places people will create an internship, I guess, you know, yeah. to fit the needs, you know, that they, they might need help. And like, well, hey, look, we can both benefit from this, you know, in a mutual way where it's not like you're doing all my dirty work and I'm just, you know, whatever. So it's yeah. like you know, the
2: I will say if you I will say real quick, sorry, if, yeah. if you do plan on if you do plan on having an internship, uh, like you said, though, like the, the dirty work piece like is I think those days are, are over. Right. People are going to if you're going to create an internship, like you have to kind of commit to it. And so like my internship program is 12 weeks long and there's a curriculum like every week there's expected reading, there's expected YouTube videos there's one-on-one time with me to go over educational content and like develop strategies to make your coaches better. Make sure that if you're developing an internship program that you don't just have people like doing coffee runs and, you know, cleaning, Um, teach them how to coach. So like develop a real curriculum around that internship and make it desirable because before you know it, you could have, you know, five local students knocking on the door being like, hey, Someone last semester told me they did an internship here and, and it made them, you know, they got a lot smarter. They got a lot better. So now I'm here to help, too. And the,
1: the more free help you can get,
2: the better for your business, for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> so when it comes to like, like sales and like lead generation, things like that, you know, how many clients are you seeing per week that are coming in for assessments? You know, what's like the conversion ratio of, you know, like, like a week over week basis right now?
2: Yeah, so I'm definitely the worst guy in the world to ask this question to. And so I'll take full uh, responsibility for that. I do know I have no marketing. I don't do any marketing other than I have an Instagram account. Um, I, like I said, my business has been I had a lot of pre-existing clients in this area. We have been referral based and we have had a tremendous amount of success with that. Um, the software that I use is. Um, you know, people can go to my website. They can sign up for a free trial. They get funneled into some different workflows that are in, you know, automatic texting and emailing stuff. Um, and they sign up for their free trial. I get notified. I usually will like just kind of text them and connect with them very quickly. My conversion rate is over 90% currently. Um, it's in like the low 90s, 93%, and that's according to the gym management software that I use called PushPress, which I highly recommend. It's it's awesome um, and. I think that, uh, you know, I, I have thought about developing a marketing strategy, um, you know, whether it be, you know, third party or just sitting down by myself and trying to strategize something, but we have been very lucky and very successful on word of mouth and referral base that, um, you know, my payroll, my payroll, or excuse me, my marketing expenses have been zero so far. So
1: not, not a bad thing, especially when, you know, you're trying to, you know, uh, for a uh, lack of words, you know, stack them and you get to a point where it's like you dive into the marketing. Okay, you're not burning yourself to to start up that that process because sometimes it does take like a little bit to get like generation going and stuff like that. I uh mm-hmm. when I was in Florida, I had to experience that with a company and it was like we had one thing going and then we switched and it was like a I don't know, like a two week stall period. You know, not every gym has that, but it's just like it depends on you know, how you run it and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, the 90% conversion rate though, that's solid, you know?
2: Yeah. I, I've always said like, if you give me an hour alone with somebody who has the money and the commitment to my, my product, like I'm going to get them. <laughs> I think right. that's like huge. Right. So like, also remember, like as a, as a fitness professional, you're essentially a salesperson, right? Like you are, you are selling, you are selling yourself as a fitness professional Uh, you know, and, and I think we can both say that, you know, there are, there are less than, uh, there are some coaches out there who stink as coaches, but are probably really good salespeople and the the other might be true too, right? Like there are probably some really, really great coaches who might not know how to navigate that very well. And are probably missing some opportunities because of that. I think it's, I think it's true on both sides of that seesaw. So it's always kind of important to remember that like you are a salesperson and you're selling fitness for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. no yeah i mean it's and depending on the type of person you are you know you're you're selling based on passion or you're selling because you're just trying to get people in the door and funnel them in, and you know so on and so forth but right um so if you had a ballpark just out of curiosity if you had a ballpark like how many people you see on a week that are new that come into your facility ballpark number um uh, or you can do uh, it a- i'm sorry I say you could do either a week or a month, just kind of depending on what makes it easier to.
2: Yeah, probably like, you know, probably just like three, three to four, three to four new people doing trials every week during the week. Okay. Yeah.
1: Awesome, man. Um, And then you touched on marketing. Um, What's the, you know, I probably could answer this from our conversation, but what is the biggest reason, you know, for not having gone down like the, the, paid marketing advertising route is that just based on the referral so far you know things have just been sailing or you know uncertainty of you know what could happen yeah i
2: think it's probably just been like the fact that things have been cruising you know like i haven't felt this need like pretty much since we've opened i have not been like you know shit we gotta get we gotta get some revenue floating here or else we're gonna be in big trouble um so you know i've tried to keep the margins and the spending as down as possible and you know if if uh if things ever called for that you know if i felt like we needed some support in that department you know fortunately we have the cash flow to support that um but as of right now it hasn't really been an issue yeah i've never been i haven't been sitting there being like oh man i hope somebody shows up like you know i hope we get some new inquiries today so
1: yeah what you know a few few questions here <laughs> with your current you know in With your facility, thirty two hundred square feet, you know, two hundred ish members, you know what? And you mentioned expanding. You know what? What types of things would you like to see happen where you get to capacity before you expand, and then, you know, I guess we'll two piece it. You know, the 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 bigger picture of clubhouse. You know, you mentioned what? Do you open up a second location? Do you expand? You know, like vision wise you know, let's say three to five years, maybe five to 10 years. What's like the big, big, big picture where you can step back and say, I made it. This is where I wanted to be this whole entire time. You know, what is that? Yeah. does that? like? Yeah.
2: About? I mean, ultimately, like I've already started, like, and I started day one of opening clubhouses, like, okay, how quickly can I get out of here? Right. In terms, not in terms of ownership, but in terms of like coaching day to day. Um, you know, I always say like, I'm working on my disappearing act. So when like new increase come through, I give them to my younger coaches. Um, ideally, you know, three to five years from now, I would like to see us, you know, have a couple more locations and kind of be spread out through the Northeast area. And, you know, where we are here in Massachusetts, we're pretty close to New Hampshire. I'd like to see some expansion up into Southern New Hampshire. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'd like to have a bunch of facilities buzzing and a good team of management that are, you know, that are running and operating a lot of facilities. I always kind of think about it as like the ripple effect, right? Like I can help, you know, 20-ish clients per week, right? I I, I don't I personally don't take a lot of clients. I deliver a high value to very few people. Like I I keep my quantity low and my quality very, very high. Um But if I can establish and develop coaches who can then manage teams of coaches who can then all have their own 20 plus clients and be managing groups, and then I can have a bigger ripple effect into thousands of lives, um, you know, as opposed to the the handful that I manage now. So my biggest thing is like, I want to change and I want to change it on a small level, like a local level. I want to change people's perception of fitness because I think, as a, as a society as a whole, like we, we don't recognize fitness appropriately. We don't recognize health appropriately. Um, I overheard somebody earlier today saying, saying, oh, I can have these French fries because I did a Peloton ride this morning. Like I actually heard someone say that and I wanted to be like, that is not a healthy relationship with exercise or food. Um, so even if I'm just met, like managing and impacting the lives of several hundred or thousand people around me, um, in a positive manner, like that is very, very uh, that is very, very much what I want to do or the impact that I want to have.
1: Awesome, man. love it. Well, with that, um, last couple of questions to wrap up here. Sure. With somebody with such extensive background and knowledge and a plethora of qualifications we'll call it, you know somebody that is looking to do the same thing, you know they know that they love fitness, they want to do something big with it, they want to be their own boss. What words? of wisdom or nuggets would you give somebody um, and why? Oh gosh. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I, I guess I could kind of
2: dabble back to one of the things that we kind of talked about with the internship is like, first things first, like if you're, if you're fresher or newer, like I would do one thing that I did is like find the people who are having the most success and spend time with them. Right. Like if you, there's somebody local to you that, um, you know, has a success, successful business and you're passionate about a a like-minded business, like see if you can learn from them, see if you can work for them, see if you can spend time with them, figuring out what it is about that person and the business that they operate that allows it to be so successful. Um, I would definitely also, one thing I always have to hammer home for fitness professionals is like, to make sure that you continue to be um, steadfast in your own health and fitness journey. Like whatever your own training looks like, um, that works for you is to make sure that you continue that very aggressively because I think uh, fitness professionals we, we're sometimes considered like we kind of turn into the uh, cardiologists with heart disease, right? Like you know we we become so uh, wrapped up in the health and safety and and fitness of our clients or the people that we take care of that we put ourselves on the back burner. So. You can't really do a good job of taking care of others if we're not taking care of yourself, prioritizing that. Um, So making sure that you keep your own health and fitness journey on track and in line Um, and just sort of like maintaining balance. Right. Like fitness professionals um, can oftentimes pour so much into what they do and uh, other, you know, we'll call it, uh, you know, hobbies or extracurricular activities or family time. Things of that nature can oftentimes have to be sacrificed. And I understand like from a starting out or beginner's perspective, like you might have to grind. And if you're like a young single person and you just finished up with school, like being in the gym for 12 hours a day is reasonable and appropriate probably as you're kind of getting your your gears, you know, greased up here. But as you get older and you have a family and you have other responsibilities and you know, it's important to make sure that you maintain that balance of spreading out your time a little bit and not just letting your fitness business uh, run your entire life. And, and as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, it can be hard because like you're always on your brain is on when you're home, even when you're not seeing clients. And like every time you're out in the community, like every single person is a potential client or a potential customer. So you kind of have that mindset turned on all the time. So, making sure that you you really prioritize your self-care and your own personal time and, and trying to keep things as balanced as possible.
1: Yeah, man, love it. It seems that the last few people I've spoken with, that that's, you know, a big trend is like, we preach all the fitness in the world, but it's like, we got to actually live what we preach and take care of ourselves. Sure. You know, you start to go downhill, then, you know, that kind of is ripple effect into, you know, your business and just, you know, whatever else that's got going on, you know, especially your personal life. So, um right. Cool, man. Appreciate that answer. And then last but not least, as we wrap up here, for all the listeners out there, um, Marco, go ahead and give everyone a shout out of your facility as far as how can they reach you? Where can they look you up? And sure. uh, you know, any other like social media channels?
2: Yeah, so like, uh, I'm, I'm most active on Instagram, Instagram is like the way to probably find me. So we have the clubhouse handle, uh, believe it or not, we managed to score that one. Um, I also have a handle for a bigger project that I'm working on, is, which is at happy hour. No, not, no numbers, no underscore nothing. Don't ask me how I got that handle. Um, and then also my personal handle, which I share a lot of content on, is not Mark Sanchez, all one word. Um, and that's where you can find me on Instagram. I obviously, I have Facebook and Twitter, but not quite active on those. Um, and then the, the website is coachmarcosanchez.com. Or the Clubhouse, um, uh, sorry, ClubhouseFitness.club.
1: Oh, awesome, man! As uh, as you did that, I was on my phone. I was like, oh, Clubhouse, boom, eleven point one thousand followers. So you just got another <laughs> one. So, Great, uh, love it. Thank you. Uh, man. Of course. Uh, well, you heard it from the man himself. You know, if you are in the North over Massachusetts area, swing on by. Check out Clubhouse uh from the pictures here man it looks pretty pretty sweet um you know or if you're looking to find something that is for you you know give him give him a look give uh give it a chance come try a free class but uh most importantly if you want to try something new go in there and for the rest of you listening out there if you want to jump on the podcast anytime and talk about your business and you, things you got going on feel free to click the link below fill out your information and we'll be in touch but until then y'all that's another episode and Jim lords
0: You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
3: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Wars Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton. And joining us on the show is Kevin from Quinn's Gym out of California. What's going on, Kevin? How are you doing today?
4: Hey, Emily. I'm good, thanks. It's a beautiful day here in Northern California. The rains have subsided and not all of us have been washed away. (laughs) We're we're happy about
5: that.
3: Yes, Um, as as am I. I.
5: We're glad to have the water.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's good to hear. So, before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at Quinn's Gym, tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place.
4: Sure. So the, the Quinn's Gym's purpose, its, its mission is to offer a space where active agers, primarily the baby boomer generation, can come together and train in ways that most of them have not been uh, introduced to. We teach uh, HIT style, high intensity interval training classes that are patterned after a professional boxer's workout without the, the contact, of course. Uh, we also offer uh, the slow motion, the original hit style of strength training um, uh, that Arthur Jones of Nautilus Fame um, brought in into the sphere, into the fitness world in the 70s uh, in order to encourage and ensure that the baby boomers can live strong and live long. We also focus a large part of our efforts primarily on uh, teaching a program called Rocksteady Boxing to people who have Parkinson's disease. So currently, uh, all of our members Uh, at this location and the other two locations that we teach at uh, are people with Parkinson's. As we found that this program has an incredible healing effect and a mitigating effect on this disease that has affected so many, especially in our area. The area of Central and Northern California, the neurologists and the motor disorder specialists have termed Parkinson's alley. Because there's more cases of Parkinson's here, unfortunately, than any other place in the country by a factor of four or five. that's primarily they bleed due to the um, agricultural uh, neurotoxins in the environment. So we, we um, show them how to fight back and, and do it with humor and loud, crazy music and lots of hard work.
3: That's beautiful. So is there anything in particular, and we spoke a little bit about that about that before we went live and on the air, what motivates you to serve your community in this way? Specifically, Parkinson's and the older, gener- the baby boomers, as you call it.
4: Yeah, I, I, years ago, uh, when I was struggling with uh, uh, that decision to buy the, uh, the franchise gym that I shared with you earlier, um, and was wondering why in the world did I spend so much money um and spend so much effort um, for a, a gym that that I, I really didn't i didn't care for it was not it was not a good fit for me and i, I was um, i was incredibly stressed by uh the effects of that decision both uh personally and and financially and um when I found uh, the um, the CBS Sunday morning piece um, that the longtime uh, presenter Leslie Stahl um, uh, gave on Rock City Boxing, um, I was uh, incredibly moved uh, and it became immediately clear to me that the inspiration that I got out of nowhere to buy this gym um, was to be able to offer a space for this population. Uh, it took me a minute to figure out why I was so deeply moved. Uh, to be uh, honest, uh, I burst into tears watching this thing, and I couldn't figure out why. Um, but uh, it, it took me a couple of minutes to figure it out that my father, while he did not have Parkinson's, he had a brain tumor as a young man after having been a nationally recognized swimmer racing against Uh, gold medal winners, uh, Buster Crabb and Johnny Weissmuller. uh, The older folks would recognize them as the original Tarzans in the movies and the shows. Uh, Anyway, he had a brain tumor uh, in college. And so the guy who raised me, my father, um, he had the affect of someone who has Parkinson's. uh, And boxing has been my love since I was a nine-year-old boy. Um, So the... The prospect of being able to use this sport that I love, the only one that I've ever loved and know anything about um, to help people that, that looked like my father uh, was, uh, was a, great, a great thing in my life, uh, a great, a great uh, opportunity and um, transition. And so I realized right then that, that for the rest of my days, um, this would be my mission. To offer them a place where they could feel uh, wanted and cared for and strong that i could show them through this program how to fight
5: back against this program and yeah uh, and, and get strong yeah. And we've done just that
3: absolutely I, I think it's really cool that you noticed something that was missing from our industry and you decided to start to close that gap
5: thanks right.
4: <laughs> that, that feels very good actually
3: <laughs> you're welcome so um i'm really curious to uh, to learn about what you've been doing for marketing because you are you like your target audience is the older generation the baby boomers and you guys did not grow up into technology like we did
5: Indeed.
4: yeah so one of the 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 torturous, um, <laughs> terrible aspects of buying that franchise gym and moving into that world um, uh, that, as you so rightly point out, um, I had no background in. Um, as a uh, contractor for FedEx for most of my adult life, I didn't have to do any marketing, had no back- background in it. All we had to do was manage our 40, 50, 60 trucks that we had on the road every day. So buying a gym and, and, and jumping into uh, modern marketing um, at, you know, an advanced age uh, was uh, incredibly stressful and disheartening. Um, and to be honest, it was not very fruitful. Uh, thankfully, uh, the majority, not the majority, all of my uh, Parkinson's, Folks come from referrals from their neurologists and their movement disorder specialists. So uh, the six, roughly sixty boxers that we have currently, um, there's no advertising other than having a, a website that I've done for that. Um, now with the, the advent or the new idea of reaching out to uh, baby boomers who don't um, have Parkinson's, who who aren't being referred by their doctors the neurologists. Uh, now it's time to look more closely at that. The, what I'm looking at currently is, is Google AdWords, um, which is crazy expensive um, and Facebook, which is uh, apparently where most of my generation hangs out. which I still find very funny, but I, I get that they wanna see pictures of their grandchildren and reach out to you know, high school friends and whatnot. It still makes me smile. It, Baby boomers are on Facebook, um, so uh, I am uh, going to be using my coaches who are all uh, millennials uh, to help me uh, with that aspect because, uh, uh, excuse my language, I suck at it um, <laughs> and don't care for it to be quite honest. Um, the other things that I do is I, I speak at uh, at uh, conferences, Parkinson's large conferences, uh, Parkinson's conferences, and. Um, give presentations to, uh, some of the larger, um, uh, senior, uh, neighborhoods. Uh, that's not the right word. The assisted living places that uh, are like small towns here, um, with, uh, you know, um, everything that they could need inside their, their compound.
5: Uh,
4: that's one of my, one of my, uh, parks and boxers who lives there, um, calls it, um, Anyway, so I am I am still uh, in the process of, of learning that, to be quite honest.
3: Um, so for somebody that's listening that in a similar situation as you, similar age, uh, really stressed out by social media, is this something that you feel like is necessary to learn more about in order to continue to grow your business?
6: So...
4: Uh, you know, there there are um, in, in the in the hit fitness studio um, uh, community. There's a growing uh, sense that advertising on Facebook is, is not um, th- that beneficial. Um, as I say, I, I don't have a, a great representative sample. The five years they had the franchise, Jim, I, I can't say that that any of the uh, the social media advertising that I was doing was garnering a great deal of, uh, of impact, but I, I know that, that um, there are folks um, like you or your folks that have had great success with that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a big um, piece is finding the right people, right? Like in any business, um, you can waste a tremendous amount of money as an owner not are trying to find people who actually know what they're doing, um, and um, clearly, is social media marketing is not a simple enterprise.
5: Um, right.
4: And and one can and I have wasted a tremendous amount of money uh, for a very little return.
5: Um, yeah.
4: So I, I, I think that finding, you know, the the if finding a marketing company. That has a proven track record that can be researched and confirmed with talking to many uh, uh, former uh, customers of that company um, mm-hmm. uh, is is prudent um, and and should bear fruit
3: yeah absolutely. Um, I appreciate your mindset around that or your your willingness to adapt to how things are evolving
4: it uh it was not without pain and suffering (laughs) that's for sure
3: yeah (laughs) okay so you've been in the industry for how many years now as a business owner uh so
5: 2015
4: so we're going on our seventh year now
3: okay so Right,
4: right adding up right
3: Yes. I'm not good at public math, but I believe that seven or eight years. Um, So my question for you is you've been in the industry for almost 10 years as a business owner. What are some of the skill sets that you think are necessary to be successful in this industry specifically when it comes to growing your gym and keeping your clients?
4: Primary out of, the behaviors and 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 interpersonal skills a gym owner has to have is the ability to create an environment where the gym members feel welcomed, uh, and not just welcomed, but part of something that is, at least from my point of view, what what I what I care about, what I like is. Um, Creating a, an environment where the gym members really look forward to coming because the, the staff, the owner, know their name, uh, connect with them on a, on a genuine level, uh, and can create experiences in the gym that they genuinely look forward to. Because many people who come to fitness studios and gyms, they don't really want to be there. Um, until they find uh, a tribe,
5: um,
4: a home that uh, that can show them the benefits of not just the multi-benefits, multi-level benefits of, of working out, of training, of living a fitness lifestyle, but feel like they're part of a, a family, a group. Um, So for instance, for my Parkinson's folks, which is significantly different, of course, than your your average gym tribe, Um, although the CrossFitters and some others um, have understood that need um, and have met that need to to some extent, uh, obviously, the Parkinson's folks are literally fighting against the same foe. So we do things like have lunches on a regular basis. We have parties, uh, you know, three or four times a year uh, at the gyms or at restaurants, at people's houses. Um, One of the reasons I bought this location was that the two buildings are connected by a very large redwood deck in the back and and both sides have small kitchens um, so that we can do that kind of thing uh, after class. And that is my... um, my vision for this gym is that um, the um, the other folks that come in that don't have Parkinson's that are not part of that tribe, uh, that f- they feel that um, and, and that they want to be part of that because uh, everybody benefits by being in a community that, that honors them uh, and that inspires them and uplifts them. And so, uh, I think that's a huge piece and and that you know speaks to the retention if people are feeling that kind of connection with the gym that they train at they are far less likely
5: to leave.
3: Yeah very well said so for you it's really creating a community where people feel at home and that's like like a, a home away from home or like a safe space. Yes exactly exactly which in return leads to people wanting to stay for a very long time.
4: Right. And, and sharing that with their friends. True. Letting you know, no, this is a really cool place to, to be.
3: Yeah. Okay.
5: So what is
3: your, what would you say are the most important things that you do over the course of your day as the owner that keep the doors open, keep the gym grow, growing Maybe what are some things that you do to take care of yourself?
4: yeah, good question um, so most days my day starts out with meditation and prayer first thing uh, in order to try to you know get that mindset right for the day um, to do my uh, my spiritual work uh, in the morning um, mm-hmm. I do my best to get these days uh, after uh, five decades of uh, the kind of training that I've engaged in. One of the downsides of it uh, is that uh, when you get to my age, uh, reality starts to sink in and the body says, oh, by the way, uh, you have caused quite a bit of of havoc uh, to your joints. Um, (laughs) And you need to change uh, what you're doing. Um, so uh, these days uh, I am uh, starting the day out with uh, uh, which is something I teach uh, to all my folks um, a style of, of movement training called Qigong um, which dates back millennia in China. Um, it helps to strengthen um, Uh, it's a a mindful exercise that depending on the style of qigong can be uh, uh, very intense uh, like uh, isometrics um, uh, as well as flowing movement uh, and holding of of deep stances uh, back to very flowing movements so that it's easy on the joints and um, uh, very helpful for uh, balance and strength in the legs and hips and all the body actually, um, uh, and then for me, it's about you know answering emails and reaching out to people who have reached out to me. Those you know a, a list of things that I have to do each day. Uh, that's an important piece of making that list of what needs to get done today to move the business forward. Uh, who do I need to contact? Um, um, my my skills in business, such as they are. Um, uh, are primarily centered around my interpersonal skills, my ability and willingness, uh, and, and enjoyment of creating uh, mutually beneficial relationships uh, with everyone that I that I connect with. Um, so that's a that's an important part of my day. Uh, uh, reaching out to my my members uh, who haven't been in a while. Because for this population, you know, there are folks who are in the hospital and. Um, who are you know having some issues that you know haven't have had to take a break and that kind of thing, um, but I think uh, a business owner connecting with uh, or at least having their staff connect and I do that as well, um, connect with uh, members on a regular basis to make sure that um, that they're feeling again that connection to the tribe is an important piece.
5: Yeah.
3: So, with well, that being said what systems do you have in place to keep track of everything? Like who, are you ta- like who you're connecting with, who you're reaching out to, who you're following up with?
4: So in terms of, of systems, um, you know, it's, it's just my, my emails, my own lists. Uh, I use uh, CRMs, you know, PT Minder, I, I like a lot um, um, to, you know, connect with, um, with my members. Um uh you know, and the other the other as- so that would be primarily what that is, just my own um, outside of using uh the c r m uh my own focus each day um in in writing down this and thinking about you know what needs to happen uh, next in terms of, of you know websites developments and design and you know um contacting this marketing person or that marketing person to see what they have to offer Um, um, and also for me uh because the parkinson's um and also the the science of fitness especially as it relates to the most beneficial way to train uh, the aging population is a growing science Uh, there are there are new findings on a fairly regular basis on both of those groups, um, the Parkinson's folks and the active agers. So I, I do my best to keep up every day to set aside time to read, to read science journals, um, excerpts from studies. It was a, a big piece of what I do. Um, uh, one of my uh, uh, company values is that it, anything we do must be evidence-based. It must be supported by um, uh, many, many studies and long-term studies on what is the most efficient, efficacious, and safest way to train, uh, both in movement and in strength training.
5: Okay. Well. Thanks. And then
4: you know, trying to get, trying to the other aspect is trying to do my best to be smart uh, and not uh, hurt myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> someone someone like me who's been hitting people and things for 50 years and training hard being told by uh doctors and and the wife and and friends and even my my students my members that uh you know you may want to um rethink what you're doing for a minute so you stop hurting yourselves is um is a struggle but i'm working on it
3: (laughs) glad to hear you working on it kevin well it's almost a really good place for us to wrap up one last question for you though, before we sign off Mm -hmm. is if you could give yourself one piece of advice, knowing what you know, now one piece of advice that you wish you would have had before you started your journey about seven, eight years ago.
5: Yeah.
4: Very good question. Um, I would have paused, um, to, uh, uh, to look deeper and do even more research. And I had done two years of research on it, but uh, on, on what kind of gym to buy, what kind of uh, thing, what was required in terms of uh, making that gym uh, be a success. Um, I would have looked closer at, at marketing. Um, I would have looked closer at uh, and done more research on finding a um a marketing company that that was very successful at Mm -hmm. uh, making a gym owner successful and i would have
5: contacted them much earlier there you go all right i feel like that
3: was a mic drop moment there to ask for a little bit more help um okay well with that being said this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode but before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you.
4: Yes, yes, thank you. Um, quinsgym.com uh, is our website. Uh, Kevin at is my email. And uh, phone number for local folks, um, 916-628-9478.
3: All right, Kevin. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. Definitely looking forward to seeing what you're going to be able to accomplish down the road. So, to My everybody, pleasure.
4: Thank you very much, Emily.
3: You are welcome. Also, to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lynch. Oh,
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors.
6: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, we have Lola Mormino of Lola's House, coming to you from Westlake Village, California. Lola, what's going on? How are you today?
7: I'm good. How are you?
6: I am doing very, very well. I'm excited to to get to the gym and the business aspect of this. I got to ask my questions and get a pretty decent background, but For the people listening here, Lola, who aren't familiar with you or aren't familiar with the brand, give us a little bit of context here. When you describe Lola's house and what this is, what do you typically tell people?
7: So Lola's house is a very intimate, um, private training facility. I'm very big on making sure that everyone feels welcome the second they enter the door, even when they leave the door, just knowing that there's always somewhere for them to escape to um, and always, you know, judgment-free. Um, very family oriented. I'm very big on, you know, I, I call my, my clients, my people. I don't even call them clients because I consider them family to me.
5: Um,
7: And yeah, it's just a place to better yourself physically, not only physically, but mentally as well. I'm very big on that. Um, Both go hand in hand. So I like to make sure we don't, you know, ignore one part or the other, because without both of them together, you're not going to be able to get to where you want to. Um Absolutely. yeah and just really making a fun environment while still pushing each other to get to our goals. I also have my own personal goals. So I'm in this together. I'm not, you know, the the head of anything in my eyes. I'm I just want to get better like everyone else and I'm, you know, the same person as every other person is. So
6: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so we are shoulder to shoulder with our clients going through the battle with them. Now as I understand this is a relatively new business, take us back to not necessarily the, the first day that we got the doors open of Lola's house. Take us to the day that the idea popped into your head. I'm going to open up my own studio. What was going on for you and how did we get here?
7: So I graduated high school in 2020 um, and the day after that was when I actually got my certification. So throughout high school, the last what was it, maybe four-ish months, five months, I was studying for my personal training certification because that was right after I struggled with all of my health issues. And once I healed from all of my health issues, I wanted to learn as much as I could about the mind and body because I was so unaware of it for so many years. So during high school, I was studying for that. You were allowed to get your certification after you graduated high school, which is why the day after I graduated, I timed it out so I could become certified. <laughs> um, and then I got a job at a local gym and was training there, interning, and along with that, building my personal business on the side, so gaining clientele. I had about maybe three consistent clients at around that time. Mm-hmm. And as I went along in the process of working at a different gym, I figured out what i liked and what i didn't like at another gym and as i was going on i found more and more things i wasn't a fan of
5: (laughs) unfortunately yeah Yeah, i
7: was like yeah see i wouldn't run it this way um but everyone's got their own opinions and ideas of how things are run so no judgment to that but it's just not how i would do it personally
5: yeah
7: um so i i removed myself from that environment Just continued building up my clientele. And once I hit about, I would say, November of 2020, I had so many clients from all different areas um, around Los Angeles and, you know, up north, up south. And um, I felt myself, you know, spreading myself a little bit too thin because of the driving. So my goal for 2021 was to open up a spot. That's when I started thinking about it and I didn't have a specific date, a specific month or anything like that. I just knew that was what I wanted to do in 2021.
5: Yeah.
7: So my goal was to get at least four more clients in my uh, Westlake village area before I even thought about looking at spots. And in January I got four more clients <laughs> and, um, The biggest thing for me was just word of mouth and promoting myself as much as possible in my area. And um, then in January, yeah, I started looking at spots around me. This was the fourth spot I found and toured and looked at. And I just felt very at ease inside this spot. It looked nothing like it did now. Um, It used to be a scuba diving equipment company in there. So
6: a little bit of change
7: yeah a little little different <laughs> huh. uh, but i just saw the vision very clearly i saw i knew i wanted to take some walls down add a couple of different um you know amenities and things like that and yeah it took from i signed the lease papers and so i you know got my security deposit in for february and i opened in april of 2021
6: so yeah so tight turnaround on all yes. of this and uh, you didn't bring it up, but interestingly to note, doing this all at a time parallel to the pandemic in California where restrictions were probably the heaviest at, at that time. Definitely. So February, we signed a lease. April, we got off the ground. Now you're a, you're a business owner and you have been for over a year and a half. And so look back on that time and just reminisce for a moment. What's been your favorite part? of all of this and what's been the most challenging part of being a business owner?
7: My favorite part definitely has been the connections I've been able to create, um, you know, all by myself, whether it was reaching out to people or people reaching out to me and just really creating that bond along with having the trainers that work there with me. Um, It's like I said, just such a family feeling and I just absolutely love the people that I've you know, grown close to. So that's definitely been my favorite. Um, my least favorite, honestly, probably the financing and everything that goes into, you know, opening new bank accounts. <laughs> and it's not
5: cheap. No. Yeah.
7: And just, yeah, just the actual act of like understanding where you have to put the money, where, you yeah. know, payroll and just so many different things. I never liked math. So it's taught me how to be more patient with numbers that's for sure
6: yeah part Um, of part of the biggest reason that this show exists is because so many trainers when they made the leap from just worrying about training clients to now they are ceo they're head of marketing they're head of sales they are payroll and hr they're probably head janitor in their business they're doing all of these things that they did not prepare for before opening up a business, but I mean, you're still here learning on the fly. I'm sure, you know, no, no more today than you did April of last year, hopefully. Oh, at least. So
7: yeah, I, I definitely, I, when I started out, I had no idea that I had to, you know, create an LLC and do all these things. And yeah. I have a I'm a man that helps me out with, you know, managing my money and learning about what I'm supposed to do and everything. Yeah. And, One day he just put on me everything I had to do as far as, well, you have to open this account with your LLC. You have to make a personal checking. And I was like, okay, (laughs) you have to talk slower to me because I don't- One step
6: at a time, sir. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. And so you mentioned earlier that a lot of this flowed through word of mouth and referrals and just becoming known in your local area in the year and a half that you've been doing this, have you spent any kind of money in marketing or has it just been purely
5: organic?
7: Uh, no, pure, purely organic. Yeah. I've, I haven't really thought of doing that quite yet just because I haven't had to.
5: Okay. Uh,
7: yeah. I've How just, do
5: people typically find you?
7: Um, when I first started, it was all word of mouth. I started with one, my very first client who's still with me to this day um, just for like staying consistent with bettering herself, mm-hmm. uh, And, yeah, I started with her in 2020, and she had quite a few friends, which i I knew that, so I made little coupons, and I was like, share these with your friends if they come in, you'll get a free session, they'll get a free session if they sign up, and you can get a discount um, and she loved the idea of saving money, so
6: <laughs> so she brought everybody good she
7: brought everyone, yeah, so. That was really what started. And now what's keeping me consistent too is promoting on social media, even though I'm not a huge fan of social media, it's a great place to find people and for people to find you.
6: Yeah. Social media, rare is it that I talk to a gym owner who enjoys that aspect of the business, but it's the reality, right? If I'm somebody looking for a trainer or looking for a new gym, I'm probably going to Google. I'm probably going to Facebook. I'm probably going to Instagram depending on age range at least. And so we need to be relevant and active on these platforms. Is that something that you manage yourself? Is that something that that's you? Okay. Yeah. Good. You said earlier, I don't, I haven't had a need to advertise in any capacity. We'll get to kind of the future of, of where you want to go with this, but Take me to the sales process for a minute, Lola. somebody is interested, either with training with you, training with one of the other trainers, coming to the gym in some capacity, what happens for that person to actually sign up? How do they go about it?
7: Yeah, so um, they reach out to me or I might send out a mass text and or mass direct messages on social media or anything of the sort, um, but usually... I get quite a few reaching out to me at first. um, And I'm just very welcoming initially, obviously, because that's just how I am. But I also know I don't want to intimidate anyone. Um, And I just start off by, you know, asking how they're doing and everything. And once we create a little conversation, I'll then ask for their phone number so we could schedule a phone call. Just because talking about goals, especially with health and fitness, that can sometimes be a deeper subject. So I'd rather, you know, physically talk to them versus just texting um it gets the message across a little better in my opinion
5: yeah and And so we're
6: trying to steer them in studio that's that's priority number one
7: yeah yeah ideally just you know having them hear my voice and once I get on the phone with them um so they can hear me I you know get to know them a little bit more and then ask them you know when's the best time for you to come in so we can meet in person so we could further talk about what you want to achieve and your reasons why you even want to do this. Um, Or sometimes I might just ask those questions on the phone first. Like, for example, bringing out their reasons why, because everyone has a why as far as why they want to do what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And once I bring that out of them, it usually always happens to be where they're so motivated to get to achieve that reason why. And they're like, okay, I just want to do it. Like, when can we do this? I'm, I'm ready to go. So yeah.
6: Yeah. And so because you guys have a, a couple of different services available, are you typically recommending, Hey, I think personal training is better for you or, Hey, I think this other service is better for you. Is that usually coming from your recommendation?
7: Yeah. So based off of what they text or or uh, tell me on the phone, um, or in person, I kind of gauge, let's say it's they're looking to just lose weight. Um, they don't like working out or things like that. I would, you know, steer them more towards, well, look at this nutrition side. And um depending on what their goals are for their physical body, I can steer them towards my training, towards another trainer's training, just because we all have our different specialties. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah, it, it just kind of depends on what they want. depends
5: on their answer. Okay. Yeah.
6: Beyond that, hypothetically, this person signs up, we've got a new client. What do you, as the owner of all of this, focus on to retain these clients? How are we keeping people coming back?
7: The biggest things, so from a financial standpoint, definitely creating packages, um, just so we know that they're for sure coming you know, let's say for six sessions, I guarantee by those six sessions, they're going to love what they're doing. Um, And from the more emotional standpoint, I would say just having compassion because everyone's at a different point in their life, a different point in their journey, no judgment. And same as I said before, just making sure they feel very welcome every time they step through the door and knowing that this is a safe place for them, Um, while also making it fun because this doesn't have to be uh, you know a bad a bad hour <laughs> it can be a fun yeah, thing not so punished,
6: so. that's for sure
7: not at all it's it's supposed to be fun so I definitely would say those two from each side
6: okay cool now it's early like we said the business has been a year and a half ish a little more in your tenure but as you look forward with all of this what's what's your goal for the business where do you see this trending
7: my most, my closest goal, um, or my short-term goal, you could say, would be to get my gym running without me having to be there. Um, I obviously love my, my people that I train and everything, but as long as I have my other trainers working consistently as well, that's definitely a goal of mine. Um, and as I go along, just opening up a franchise, uh, all around, I have a couple different areas that I've looked into, um. For future goals, my all my family's from Chicago. So to be able to have um a gym out there would be huge. Um and then just other local areas or, you know, other states, that's that's definitely my long term and just seeing it grow as a big family.
6: Yeah. It's a fun, fun conversation and and it's been interesting because it's so new, but you're already talking about how do I remove myself? How do I be able to focus on the next thing, the next thing? And I think from my perspective, it's almost easier to set that up from the beginning, like how early you are on this than to immerse yourself and embed yourself in the training and be needed 50, 60, 70 hours a week in the facility. I talk to gym owners all the time who are, 10 years into owning their gym and they haven't been able to take a vacation in 10 years because everything requires their presence right and so one of the biggest focuses for you it sounds like is being available right still being the face of this but how do i minimize my time investment i think it's it's really really important now one kind of final question and i'll start to wrap things up here in a minute what do you think in your pursuit of growing this business long-term, what do you think could be
5: some challenges for you or some hurdles that you'll have to overcome?
7: Um, that's a good question. For me, I I don't think about the hurdles that often only because I've been through so much already in my life at such I was, you know, when I was born, I was born with cancer. So from day one, I've been figuring out how to work through things and understanding that nothing is going to you know, stop me from getting to where I want to be. Um, I've found myself a couple times in this year and a half feeling um, lack of motivation
5: yeah.
7: for myself and just for training clients and um, getting the work done. You know, I've my weight might have fluctuated. Let's say during the holidays, I've eaten more. I don't want to work out. That's also gonna, you know, affect my training abilities. If I can't demonstrate a push-up, that's that's not gonna be good for science. So
6: not great for conviction, that's for sure.
7: No, because why would you want to listen to me if I can't? <laughs> um, so yeah. I definitely would say just finding that balance of like you've got to push through, even if some days you don't feel like you want to do it. It's like, you can't stop. You can't say, well, today I don't feel like running my business. So I won't like, that's just not
6: how it works. So yeah, the constant struggle of the entrepreneur, that's for sure.
7: Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'd say social media, like I said, I'm not a, not a huge fan of it. So just same thing, keeping disciplined and consistent with posting and promoting and um, understanding that this is just reality, like you said, and Finding a balance of how to do it, I found a pretty good balance of I have my personal Instagram and then my gym Instagram, and mm-hmm. you know every Tuesday Thursday I'll post on my gym Instagram, and every Monday Wednesday Friday my personal. So it gives me you go. a good balance. Um, a and bit then, of structure, at least. Yeah. yeah. Weekends, I just don't touch it.
6: <laughs> Enjoy that time away, Lola. This is awesome. I. It's a it's a pretty good place for us to start to wrap our conversation up. But in the short bit of time we have left, why don't you tell people where they can learn more about this? What's the best website? What are those social medias that you just mentioned? How can people find you guys?
7: Yeah, so my website is my first and last name, LolaMorminoFitness.com. Um, you could also look up Lola's House Westlake Gym on, you know, Google and it should come up the top couple ones and my instagrams are first and last name lola.mormino that's my personal Uh, my gym page is lola lola's and then two underscores and then house so lola's house Um, and yeah i have my email on there i'm pretty sure my phone number is on there as well so
6: (laughs) people will find you one way or another that's
7: very very open you've got 30 different ways to reach out so
6: (laughs) perfect this has been a bunch of fun. I really enjoy conversations like this and getting to know the the ins and outs of businesses and, and what the owners are thinking about when it comes to growth and the future. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you because it sounds like we're, we're just getting a foothold and just getting started. So we'll have to check in again down the road at some point for today. We're out of time, but I appreciate you joining us and I wish you nothing but the best. Thanks,
7: I really appreciate it.
6: Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out.